Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Happy day after Thanksgiving. Happy Friday to all of you listening in the U.S. and elsewhere. It's happy Friday. But for also for U.S. listeners, it is the day after Thanksgiving, which means you're probably post-food coma and you're thinking about what leftovers are available for today for lunch. Do you ever have a big Thanksgiving dinner and then a few hours later you go make yourself a huge turkey sandwich? See, I don't really like turkey, so the answer <laughs> for me don't? would be no. Yeah, I love turkey. And I try to hide somewhere and, and avoid having more turkey and hide from the fact that the Christmas music has already come out. This is really That's my day right. after Thanksgiving. This is really That's what right. And everybody drives around in their yeah. Subaru Forester with a Christmas tree on the top of it. Yes. Flinging branches all over the road. This has already happened, by the way. That, that, this is happening. We, we are awesome. hurling our way toward wintertime, but uh, we hope that you are getting a chance to see some family. We know 2020 is weird. Hopefully you're getting a chance to see some family. But that also means that uh, you're probably going to start shopping for Christmas gifts. And we get asked oh, this stuff every yes. year. And I do want to say that there's quite a bit of stuff going on right now on Blipshift from us. We have new shirts coming for the cheap sports cars, and we have Minister of Finance shirt coming as well. We, I'm so excited about sure, that shirt. I am too. Oh. We're pretty sure that all of those are going to be live before the Christmas uh, buying season is over. But even if they don't make it, they, I guarantee you they're coming in the, in the month of December. So that's happening. Also, we're bringing back jackets and hats. Yes. So we're trying to figure out time frame on those. We're hoping we can turn them around quickly. They might not make Christmas, but they are still in process. Maybe you can give somebody a printout. This is lame, but you can give somebody a printout of the thing they're going to get. That's happened before. Let's be honest. Here's I've a picture of money. Here's a picture of the thing you're getting. Yeah. And my, my parents and in-laws keep saying, can I get you anything other than a gift card? Because I never know what I want. What, here, sure. Here's, here's sure. the problem that I have. Look, this is not a real problem. Here's the problem I have. All the stuff I want is high-dollar items. Yeah, yeah. So as a result, I'm just like, guys, just keep giving me gift cards, and I'll just cash a bunch of them in at once. Right. And I'll go get the huge thing thing. that I don't want you to go buy, because please don't. (laughs) The last thing I did was one of those uh, driving chairs for the the – the driving oh, sale. yeah, right, right, right. They're pretty expensive. I just like didn't say anybody, don't go get me one of those. Just give me a bunch of gift cards. I'll put them all together. I'll buy one. That's how I shop. But if you do want things like our cool shirts, we're also, I'm working on it. I'm working on getting, actually Mandy's helping me because she handles all of our merch and she's awesome. We're working on getting Daily Triple available again. Important. Uh, I important. want another one of those shirts. I'm wearing mine out. But so, I love it. Yeah, exactly. It. So, uh, so anyway, so that's happening. So yeah, lots of Christmas stuff is on the way. Guys, we've got a really cool couple of debates, pretty interesting, but I do want to mention one thing, and that is, coming at you very soon, is one of our first extra podcasts. Oh, yes. It's going to be entitled Extra, X-T-R-A-01, mm-hmm. and this will not just cover the Watches, Whiskey, and Sloan episodes. <laughs> it will be anything that isn't <laughs> car-focused. But yeah. anything not car-focused, and the first one, we are going to talk about Todd's novel that is coming out before Christmas 2020. It's coming in like a week. I'm really excited. Todd's been working really hard. And something got me... I I haven't told you this that I want you to get thinking about. So when we record this podcast, there's a question on here from Chris Sun. So CJ Sun 86 says, the new Civic Sedan prototype was released last week. Mm -hmm. What are our thoughts? It's a big improvement over the current generation, but has a lot of Jetta and Cadillac in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Chris, I think that... Car designers all over the world are always looking at other things, mm-hmm. other levels of uh, other things to be inspired by. 
whether it's nature or machinery or you name the thing, you're inspired by that thing for your car design and pulling things out of it. I think Honda realized they went too far with the Civic. It's really busy. Well, whether they Even went the base whether they went too far or not, they have heard the overwhelming commentary, which is Indeed. Honda. You went too far. We'll see if BMW corrects in the same way. But keep going. Pull up, BMW. Pull up. <laughs> that is a mountain. Please pull up. The warnings in the cockpit. <laughs> pull up. <laughs> but did you I, know? I'm pretty sure the French <laughs> aircraft say retard, retard, <laughs> retard. Anything, anyway, yeah. Anything. Any warning. So, Chris. I believe that Honda knows now they went too far and they have pulled it back too far now because it doesn't really look like anything Honda. As you said, it looks like Jettas and Cadillacs. It looks a lot like a Jetta. So you're seeing this is the everything else yeah. that everybody's already done. So therefore, by not forging ahead, because the current gen looks like a Honda. Mm-hmm. We all know it to be a Honda. I want them to forge ahead with those themes and inspirations mm-hmm. that make them Honda. Mm-hmm. Pull it back. You don't have to look at other inspiration. <laughs> now, I'm going to relate that to uh, I'm very writing. curious where you're going. Okay, yeah, keep going. And that is because what, what I want to get you thinking about okay. and I want to discuss a little bit is writing the world over mm-hmm. and how other writers and novelists approach their own work, whether or not they've heard mm. about other people's work. Okay. It exists right. sure, in sure. car design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But can it exist in writing? Can it exist in filmmaking? Can it exist mm-hmm. in cooking? Or name another subject where mm-hmm. so many things have already been done and tried. And as you wanting to create original content, whatever yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. you're looking at everything out there. It happened to me at art school. And that's why I don't want to look at other people's sketches and drawings as much mm-hmm. because my head is full of other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to have good reference. You want to know what's out there at least yeah, so you're not yeah, – yeah coming in going, well, you copied this. If you did it without knowing that existed, you can genuinely claim, hey, coincidence. Yeah, but that's hard yeah. for people to swallow totally. oh, absolutely. at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So in any medium, in any mm-hmm. creative endeavor, furniture is a good one. Lots mm-hmm. of chairs have been copied and knocked off. And you say, well, did you know that looked like the 1928 Barcelona chair or mm-hmm. whatever that is? Mm-hmm. So from a writing standpoint, from a novelist standpoint, that is not my arena. Okay, yeah, fair. Does this happen? Can it happen? How do you as a writer, you can't have possibly read all the books on the planet. Not at all. Not at all, yeah. And, you know, in all (laughs) the different languages and, you know, you don't know what concepts. Of course, we know about the good ones that rise to the top of the bestseller lists Mm -hmm. and everybody likes them and discovers them. And those are the ones you definitely know about. But Mm -hmm. in that sense, we will get to this. We will talk about this. But I want you to relate that from what we see in car design because everybody says, oh, well, that car looks like the so-and-so. Well, that feature was used on that car, and mm-hmm. that just looks like you pulled those headlights and used those taillights totally, and totally. put a Honda badge on it and kicked it out the door. And mm-hmm. we as customers and enthusiasts, we're on to that. <laughs> we see that. Well, you're talking about postmodernism, which to some degree exists in everything. Certainly. Where, and some people are better at it than others, but I'll give you a random side note in film real quick. Quentin Tarantino is the ultimate poster child for postmodernism filmmaking. He's okay. seen almost everything because he used to work at a video store. If you watch right. his work, almost everything he does, almost every scene he does is a reference to something else. Mm. What he's done is he's taken all of these influences, put them in a blender, and theoretically some people like his work more than others. I'm not a huge fan, but I get it. There are huge fans, and I will probably get angry letters for not saying I'm a huge fan. But the thing about Tarantino is you watch his stuff. Kill Bill is a huge example of this. And you just watch sequences that are basically scenes out of other movies. 
that he's just put together in a line yes. and said, now this is mine. And you're going, but it's that followed by that followed by that. But now you're in on the joke and it kind of works. Yes. But there's many critiquers and people that notice, Hey, that new piece is like a Tarantino film. No, the, fair point. the now, swearing aside, it's yeah, not every now, other word is an F word. Now he's getting, you know what well, I mean? Now he's in that mm-hmm. genre of, well, you, you've copied Tarantino, yeah, sure. you know, that, that's enough, yeah. totally a Tarantino kind of fair look point. and feel. Fair and point. Yep. So he's developed his own creativity, therefore, yeah. by pulling inspiration from all these other things to yeah. make original content. That's the hard part for sure. He yeah, yeah. is now being referenced. That's a great point. That's a great point. So how yeah. does that translate to writing? Mm. I, we talk about it all day long in car design. And car designers take, ah, that's a cool angle. I like that feature. I'm going to resize it and put it on the body side of my whatever. I'll give you a random thought I've just had directly related to it's cars. It's not going to happen to BMW front ends, though, especially that I M4. don't think anybody's going to be looking at like, the M4 front let's end. Let's take the M4 let's and that. put that on something. We should do an M4 front no end. No one. The, the new Civic needs an M. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it Actually, doesn't. Here, here's a random thought. There is an angle. There's a front three-quarter angle in motion of the new BRZ that we've all only seen photos of, okay? okay yeah. In their promotional materials, there's a, there's a front end three-quarter with it in motion, and it's been like a tickle in the back of my brain. What does that look like? Okay. And I finally landed on it. Okay. It looks like a front three-quarter angle of a first-gen Panamera, and I don't think that's good. Now, it's just the angle. I haven't seen the car in the From metal. From the A-pillar forward or just the whole car? I'm or talking about A-pillar forward because it's got that side scoop now behind the front uh-huh, wheel. Uh-huh. And the way the angle was with the already Porsche-looking lights, it was like, that's what that is. That's the first-gen Panamera in front three-quarter angle from the A-pillar up. We see that in everything. Yep. We see yep, yep. that in all cars. And it's it's tough to be original, but then when you access everything essentially mm-hmm. and look at everything and you still are original hopefully coming up with that hopefully yeah that's tough to do in car design absolutely i expect that we cover this in depth when we talk about your novel so that is coming out that'll be an extra podcast looking forward to sharing that with all of you soon jumping to the car debates here joe r is in pittsburgh pennsylvania he's been bitten by the car bug again but more importantly his wife is looking for a new experience after falling out of love with a new bronco no no i should keep in mind that what? the bronco doesn't really exist yet it doesn't not as, so as of this I recording love that she's already like you know i liked it but now no you haven't even driven it yet none of us have driven it yet and then there's Brian J in Northwest Indiana writing to us with an off-road edition podcast, mm-hmm. and I love this. I have uh, something interesting for you to consider, Brian, so we'll, okay. we'll get to that shortly. I'm, I'm going to just wade straight into a world of landmines and rakes with that one. I think I'm just going to get myself around. in trouble. I think okay, it's good. bound to happen. Yep. Good. If you park outside during cold months overnight at home or at work, you need a car cover from Covercraft. We specifically recommend the Custom Weather Shield HP Car Cover. It's designed for dramatic water dispersion while still being breathable and super lightweight. It's also got superior paint finish protection too. On the underside, it's less abrasive than flannel. Our cars are an investment. From our personal fun cars and SUVs to our cheap sports cars, Covercraft is focused on protecting all of them. And whatever car, SUV, or truck you love, they want to protect that too. When you're shopping at Covercraft.com, Be sure to use the code EVERYDAY to get a 10% discount, and it also ships for free. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality covers that keep your car protected and looking its best. Starting off with Joe's email here, he is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He says he recently sold his Fiesta ST. Which he bought because of us. Right. Which is pretty cool. Thanks, Joe. That's very very cool. cool. He bought a new Civic Type R, 2020 Civic Type R, and he loves it. 
But hang on, his wife and he both love it. As she's better. driven it too and absolutely adores the car. Mm. His wife has been bitten by the car bug again. Same thing happened in 2017 when he bought the ST and she got herself an Acura RDX. Okay. She's been looking since August. And one evening out on the deck, they were spitballing. And she said, Joe, I want a convertible SUV, all wheel drive and a manual transmission. And Joe said, Bronco. Mm-hmm. But the more she researched it, the more she's fallen out of love with the idea. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. She doesn't like the trim levels and what they offer for the price. Okay. She also doesn't like Ford's build quality after living with the Fiesta ST. Apparently it had every bell and whistle, but the interior was horrific. This is, but, but I'm going to stop real quick. We have not seen a Bronco. It, it has to. I'm certain that it will have a better build quality and interior feel than the Fiesta ST. It's a different price point. It's a different car. Completely. It's, everything completely. is different. You're comparing. I'll put it another way. Think about all the buzz that Ford created with this new Bronco. Okay? Lots. They never had that kind of buzz with the Fiesta ST. You're talking about their economy car that somebody turned into a hot rod versus their right. crown jewel car that has to be right. Correct. It, they're going to be different, Joe. However, she doesn't like how huge the Bronco is. Okay. And it won't fit in their garage. That solves it. So this brings him to this email. He says he wants our opinion on where they should go in pursuit of a new experience. Okay. Like it. The RDX is paid off and will be a trade-in. So here's his wife's parameters. First of all, the budget, a Paul limiter of Mm $40,000, the price of new or certified pre-owned car. It must have four doors unless it's convertible. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to pause right there, Joe, and ask you, why must it have four doors? Because why? Because that's how they're thinking. She's just naturally why? thinking four doors. But, but see, this is the interesting thing about this list. We're going to have multiple others of this. He will give a parameter and then give an exception. So a lot of these parameters are they're, they're loose, okay? Because she'd like a convertible so much, and she yeah. understands. Hi, by the way, Joe's wife. 1962, <laughs> Lincoln Continental, suicide she, doors, four-door convertible. She understands that, that when you get into convertibles, you lose two doors. You can still have two, four seats, but you lose two doors. All so right. she knows this. So that's why it's funny where it's like, must have four doors. Well, unless it's a convertible that doesn't <laughs> like, need four doors. What? The next one is must have all-wheel drive. But then he says, but she's been looking at front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive cars, including – a BMW M3, which is about as far from an all-wheel drive car as you can get. So, again, there's another parameter that is clearly loose. And she loves his Civic Type R. Which yes, is she does. Front-wheel drive only. Mm, yes, it is. She also really wants a sunroof. Unless it's a convertible. Unless it's a convertible. <laughs> See, we, we keep doing this. There, there's there's rule, just, I, exception. Rule, exception. Yep. This is why the Paul Limiter exists. This is Here's why, my yeah. absolute top end of my budget, plus five grand. Mm-hmm. It happens. This happens in parenting, too. You absolutely cannot do that. Oh, Darn it, unless this. Unless okay. child walks into mom and says. Well, that's a different thing. Actually, the other day, sorry. Pits side parents note. against each other. The other day, side note, my son asked me about something and I said, I have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure your mom's okay with it. So check in with her. If she's okay with it, I'm fine with it. Did he check in? To my astonishment, because what would I have done as, as a 10-year-old, as he is almost 11? What would I have done? I would have walked in the mom and been like, Dad says this is okay. Is that okay? He didn't do that. He walked in and said, Mom, can I do this? No caveat at all for what oh. I had said. I was shocked by that. And what was Actually, the answer? Ultimately, it was okay for him to do. But Because but okay. when I came in and she said, did he ask you about this? And I said, yeah, I gave him an answer already. She said, oh, I didn't. I didn't approve it because I hadn't heard from you. I mean, at least it wasn't like, like, can I spray paint the dog gold or something? It wasn't that, but yeah, exactly. Sorry, you're bringing up kid (laughs) stuff. His dog is awesome, also (laughs) kind of nuts. (laughs) Yes, indeed. His dog has lots of energy. Indeed. You don't get on the floor unless you want to wrestle the dog. 
that's what the dog because thinks. the minute you're on the floor, right. the dog goes, oh. Oh, it's on now, apparently. It's on. Okay. So then he gets on the floor with the dog and then is shocked the fact that the dog is wrestling him. I'm like, you, it, this is all the dog thinks? You're at all the dog's level? You're at the dog's level doing a play bow, for God's sake. What's the dog going to do? Play? Anyway. Anyway. All right. Back to Joe's debate here. It must be a manual transmission, this, this future car. And she wants to avoid Ford completely. She loves the German brands due to interior quality. Okay. All right. She's got a thing with the Fiesta ST interior quality. Clearly, that was a problem. Like the car, but not that. She doesn't want a hatch, yet she likes the Civic Type R. <clears throat> yeah, see, exceptions. Exceptions. More keep, holes. Just, they keep happening. Yep. She brought up the Golf R. Joe brought up the Golf R, and she wanted nothing to do with it due to styling. But he says it's later like that she's... the least offensive hatchback out there. It is. It's a Golf. It is. It is pretty much just you draw the silhouette of a hatchback, it's, and it's, it's unoffended. It's just got five doors, everybody, and, and it's it done. designs yep. itself. It does. It's with like, apologies exactly to Volkswagen. No, no, no apologies necessary. I mean, come on. They designed the Volkswagen Golf like Porsche designs a 911. Eh, move this light a couple millimeters. It's good. Yes. Let's do that new generation. The Mark yeah. 8 and Mark 7 together, you're like, uh, which one is... Uh, what, what you have to do... I know. We all know, but to the... No, average person? what you have to do with the golfs and the 911s is you have to look at four gens at once and then you go oh right. when you look at two gens back to back you're like what did they change i don't get it exactly yeah well right now she is enamored with a bmw 340i okay it's for sale in pittsburgh has 19,000 miles selling for roughly $37,000 with x drive all wheel drive and a manual transmission that's a bit of a find actually that's pretty cool I'm going to stop right there and say, Joe, if that's what she loves and you guys drive it and she likes it, get that car. Yeah. The I, end. That's a, that's a perfectly looking. good choice. I completely agree it's with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful car. Yeah, you yeah. don't say what year it is, but it sounds pretty new and it mm-hmm, sounds mm-hmm. probably CPO. And buy that car. It'll be awesome. You'll love it. Now, she claims to love cars like her old diesel Passat. <clears throat> but every time she drives the Type <laughs> R, a smile on her face is a mile long. Okay. Like Joe it. thinks something even more dynamic than she realizes would really make her smile for years to come. Okay. All right. Until you write back. <laughs> that which is bound to happen, I think. So, I this is why I ask, why does she need or want four doors? Mm-hmm. That, that's my starting place. I'm t- really trying to get myself off the hook here with my suggestions, Joe. Okay. All right. First of all, is she a Wrangler girl? I'm surprised like the Wrangler didn't your get mentioned. Your wife is a Wrangler girl. Yes, agreed, agreed. Yeah. But she's been happy. Your wife has been happy with a Cayenne. So yes. maybe, Joe, your wife is a Wrangler girl, but she'd be happy with a Cayenne. Even go back to an old Cayenne and find a manual. Get a GTS with a manual? Yeah. Enjoy. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's out. Maybe the off-road thing is out because she wanted the Bronco, then the Bronco was out, and I just thought, uh, Wrangler? Four-door, mm-hmm, convertible, mm-hmm. annual. Yeah, unless I'm missing it, something here. Unless both of them really won't fit in the garage. That was my question. Is the Bronco got considered and then axed, and the Wrangler never got mentioned. Now, maybe it's because the Wrangler doesn't have a nice enough interior. It's the only other thing I can Could think of. It's be. either interior or garage space. But the newer but ones are totally, pretty nice. I agree. A current Wrangler, by, by the way, is not cheap, but a current Wrangler has got a fairly nice interior for what it is. You'll Let's never know when the monthly payment. You'll never feel it. <laughs> it's no money. <laughs> it's no money. I would suggest a few cars. These are sedans. But I'm first going to say, if you like that 340i that you found in Pittsburgh, go buy it. Mm-hmm. Now, that aside, E90 BMW M3 four-doors mm-hmm. come with a manual. They're thirsty V8s. They're awesome. They're not all-wheel drive. But boy, are they cool to drive. But she's already made the exception. She has. BMW M235 X-Drives are not four-doors, but they're much less than forty grand. Smaller true, car, but true, then true. this 340i yeah, yeah. would be great. Mm-hmm. Manual. Mm-hmm. I also went searching, and I kind of 
steered over to the area of 2017 Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifolios. Whoa. You know how when they came out, Left we drove turn. one and we really liked it and yeah. we thought, $80,000 car, I wonder what they'll be like when they're 40. They're now 40. <laughs> now is the time. <laughs> they're now, well, they're mid-40s. So one with 46,000 miles for 41.9. Now, it's not a manual, but it's a brilliant car. Yeah. As Todd has said, they are moose antler paddles. They attached are. Attached directly to the steering column. Yes. Which I do like. And I do not. But Very that's Italian. Okay. It's all right. Yeah. Very f- lots, mm-hmm. lots of flavor. How yep. are the flavors, by the way? How are the flavors? I got asked that at a restaurant one time in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the server came by after we got our food and just said, how are the flavors? And I almost choked. <laughs> Like, what? What did are you the, ta- Did the oh. tip go down instantly when he asked that question? Yes. It's just that, that, don't How do are that. the flavors? So we joke about don't that all that. the time. Yeah. How are the flavors? Mm-hmm. Like, How are the flavors? Fine. They're great. I'm hungry. Now, my <clears throat> super wild card, Joe, is a 2017 Jaguar F-Type premium convertible with a manual. Whoa, hang on. 25,326 miles. And they're only asking forty three nine. Hmm. It's not all wheel drive, and it's not a four door. But dang, yeah, that's cool. That's cool nonetheless. Yeah, manual Jag convertible. All right, all right, Dunsky. Mm-hmm. But throw all those aside. Just oh, cast all right. them all, all right. out. Good, good. Because now, Joe, I think you've entered the zone. Uh oh, you're in the zone now. Uh-oh. It's been a while since I've recommended a nine eleven. Okay. It's been a long time, as a matter of fact. Okay. Yeah. In spite of your Porsche love, you don't actually go. To I don't actually often. do yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. keep it. I reserve it for special occasions. Oh, look, because it's a special now occasion. I like it. When you get a nine eleven, when she does, mm-hmm. she's forever going to brag, Joe. She has a nine eleven, and you don't. <laughs> I thought of that. Yeah. Forever. If she, if she ends up with a nicer car than Joe, what happens? Are we creating marital strife here? We might be. Yeah. <laughs> Not trying to. Mm-hmm. But I want her to have something nice. Yeah. And I found a two thousand eight. 911 Carrera 4S with a six-speed manual. I believe that she will forget that it's not a four-door. <laughs> I think she'd be okay. Yes. This particular one has 94,000 miles. It's They're asking $43,900. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad price. It is unknown if the IMS has been done. Sure. But sure. I like that it's been driven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the internet will make you believe that your car will fail catastrophically and spectacularly at some point if you buy... A car with that, From that issue. Era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's a manual. So next time you do the clutch, it might need a clutch. You can have the IMS done while you're in there. Sure. And enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And you'll have a beautiful Carrera 4S. I did notice this, that your, your budget, guys, is right at the bottom of the market of that 997. That's the model designation. It's 05 to 2012. It's yes. that era of 911, which is an era that we love. Yes. Those convertibles, are your budget's right at the bottom. Right at the it's, bottom of them. And that's why I think it's time. Mm. That's why you're entering the zone. Okay. Now, if you want a 997.2, that started at 2009 and newer. So they were built starting to – the 09 was introduced in fall of 2008 as sure, the sure. 09. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they changed the engine. It was a simpler engine design. It used 40% less parts. And you might even find a Carrera 4S convertible with manual if you look really hard. The, the convertibles drop faster in price for sure. The hard top that I found – the Oh nine was forty nine thousand dollars. It only had like yeah, yeah. fifty thousand some miles, something like that. So it was a lot lower miles. But this other one, this oh eight, I wouldn't hesitate to buy it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if it hasn't been done, you can control the maintenance now. Have the clutch done. Mm-hmm. It'll not be cheap, but still, you can do the IMS while you're in there. Peace of mind. Keep driving the car. But I like that this ninety four thousand miles to most people seems ooh, that's worn up and. 
worn out and used mm-hmm. up and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's a dirty dish rag i'm not going to drive that car yeah this is the sweet spot into getting into 911 sure, ownership sure sure yeah, because yeah. if you keep on the maintenance with these cars you can have it for a long time they will go interesting a long, point. long time interesting point and then she can say I've got a 911. Who are you driving, Joe? <laughs> You're driving a Honda Civic. I have a 911. <laughs> exactly. Ouch. Okay. All right. There it is. It's been a while well for done. 911. All right. Well done. Uh, Joe, I have a few thoughts here, but the big thing I want to say to you and your wife, hello again to your wife, is that um, I actually am giving myself a free pass if you gave a caveat to one of these requirements. Okay. Because okay. must have four doors and less convertible. Well, that means it doesn't need four doors. Must have all-wheel drive, but she's looking at front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive cars. So that means it doesn't have to be all-wheel drive. <laughs> so are you throwing the whole list out? I'm not. Fresh? I'm not. Because, Blue because sky. she really wants a convertible and she really wants four seats. Those two things clearly are parameters she doesn't want to move around on. Those are parameters that, that stick. Also says, must be a manual transmission with no caveat. And I Right. Went, okay. So I'm going to stay manual transmission, four seats. Okay. I'm going to go with those two things. And then I shopped convertibles. Great. And I found a couple. First off, I know you're disappointed. The Nissan Murano convertible did not come in a manual transmission. Such I know disappointment. we're all bummed. We are crushed. Because you can get it in that teal with a tan oh, top. There's one in Park City. It comes out only in the winter, which I am baffled by. You can park your Z4 next to it. You can kind of be can, like twinsies. Yes, yes. Hey. What happens when the Z4 goes through midlife and gets fat? It becomes the Murano convertible, you, I like think. like twins. They drive the same. They look the that's, same. That's not a manual. So, so unfortunately, I'm sorry, Joe and your wife. The Murano is out. Mm, that's rough. I know it's a bummer. That's and, of rough. course, convertible four-seaters aren't common. But you said something to me that made me go sniper shot. Okay. You mentioned all these parameters. You said she was kind of looking at M3. She kind of likes that 340 near you, which I agree to you, Paul. If she loves that, then that's a good car as well. But you know what exists out there for half your budget, mm. which I think half? also also defends $40,000 budget. I can spend half of it. What? I can spend half of it on a sniper shot I think she's going to love. And also, because I've only spent half your budget, it gives you flexibility for let's buy this used and just get stuff done to it okay. if it needs something. Bring it. Mid-2000s. It's late, actually, it's late 2000s. It's actually like 2010, 2012 now that I think about it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me pull up. I have one, I have one in front of me. Hang on. It's 2000s. Nope. Wait, it's uh, 90s. Uh, nope. 80s. It no, it's, I have a 2012 in front of me that proves the point. Wow. BMW 335iS in hardtop convertible. They made those in hardtop convertible? And in manual. Ooh. 335iS was the just under the M3 of that era. The M3 had the big V8, which we love, but this is a turbo straight six, glorious engine with actually more torque, more usable torque than the, than the V8. I did not like this car when it was new because I thought it was too expensive, but <laughs> they're 20 grand now. How many miles on the one you found? Just curious. The one I've got in front of me is $20,000 and it has 85,000 miles. Okay. That's not too bad. It's convertible, four seats. Manual transmission, hard top convertible, rear wheel drive, and it's still the era of BMW where you got not only the straight six, but you got hydraulic steering. Very true. This is going to be a better car to drive than any BMW you buy right now. I'm putting it out there. That's this is going really to be a good. more enjoyable oh, $20,000. Really you have money left over. Let's say, look, I'll be honest, there's not a lot of these, Joe. They're not common. I went I digging they a little built bit. Three thirty-five IS in with convertible, hardtop convertible. The problem is you can find the IS convertible, but then you add manual and you get to like a handful. Yeah, but they're out there, and and I found a few. I've just got one in front of me right the here. Truth is, is out there. Happens to be in New Jersey. <laughs> that is twenty thousand dollars 
85,000 miles. I would buy this car, put some money into it, if whatever maintenance it needs. And then you've got, you spend half your budget, get some winter tires. If she's concerned, this would be a phenomenal car. I think she would love it. Dang it. I'm just stopping right there. That's really good. But then, uh, I know you were hoping we were going 911 and that's, that's, that's worthwhile, but I've spent half the budget over here. That's really good. I'm telling you props. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Brian Jay is in Northwest Indiana. Writing to us, he says he listens to the podcast almost every day while at work. Brian, thank you so much. Really appreciate you joining us. We've done a few of them. So yeah, we have. You're going to catch have. up at some point, but we have done a few, yeah. He realizes he is in the midst of a newer vehicle hunt that a Cayman or a Fiesta ST probably won't help with. <laughs> so what he's saying. Fair enough. You, you, did, did you feel the jab there for Brian? A little bit. That, that, a little bit of a jab there. A in fact, a... he, did, he didn't say that an 86 might help because that, that's really how <laughs> that's we know true. you listen to the podcast. That would have been yeah. a real knife twist. That would have been if it, he for had. sure. Onward. Yeah. He has owned many vehicles, a Malibu, a GMC 1500, a Mazda Protégé LX, which he would love to find another one of someday. Those are pretty unique. He's had a LeSabre, a Ram 1500, a Jetta TDI, an F-250 V10, an Excursion V10. Wow. He's had a lot of Fords. He's had a 1993 International 4700, an 04 Mazda RX-8 six-speed. Good grief. Wow. He currently only has keys to a long-term daily 2005 F-250 crew cab, six-liter diesel, lifted on 35s, which is tuned to about 500 horsepower. I have to say this, Brian. Does it say Bigfoot on the side You are the truck I try to get away from when I'm in the Lotus. I agree. You are that truck. Absolutely. He says his 1979 Camaro, that looks nice, but performs terribly. It's bone stock 70s engineering. That's bad era. Wow. And his Mm. wife's 2012 Explorer. So just these three cars. Yep, yep, yep. The current predicament is the truck has almost 300,000 miles on it. Wow. Okay. It's like barely broken in for that thing. <laughs> okay. And while he needs it for keeping up with six acres and his wife's horses, he wants to remove it and take it out of everyday duty. It's been his daily, which is why it has 300,000 miles. Wow. Yeah. He's got a 10 month old daughter and they want to get outdoors more kayaking, camping and mountain biking in hopes that she might not grow up having a tablet or phone glued to her face. Has she already done the thing, Brian, where she uses the phone and you can't believe how good she is at it? My son, before he could talk, could find photos and music on a phone. Phenomenal. It's crazy. I don't know if that was good or bad parenting on our part, but anyway, it was a thing. Now, as I said, he's in northwest Indiana on a back road that is not the first to see snow plows. It was Mm -hmm. delightful and delicate. So he needs to also be able to pull their 3,500-pound camper. He foresees trips to the Badlands, Silver Lake, or other off-road parks. He's currently been looking at Forerunners and FJ Cruisers and Xterras. Okay. The 2008 vintage of Grand Cherokees with the 3-liter Mercedes diesel sounds intriguing, he says, but does not offer a manual. Mm, okay. He really wants something that screams rugged mountain crawler. So the commonly mentioned CX-5. That was he a really bit has listened. He's, he's, <laughs> he's throwing down all the usual suspects. I like it. It's good. He says that doesn't really fit the bill. He likes the looks and personality of the FJ, the best out of all of these that mm-hmm. we named, but he's concerned that the smaller back seat and the half door would make loading the little one in the car more difficult. 
Now get this. He's worked as a mechanic for many years, is not afraid of age or high mileage, but he also doesn't want to be stranded with his kid when it's five degrees outside. That would be a bad day. That sentence really stuck out to me, and okay. I'm, right. it, it is upon which I predicated my choice for you. Okay. Brian. I've got a few. This is going to be good. Whatever he ends up with will absolutely have a small lift and a roof rack to really instill the rugged look. Okay. All right. I mean, it works for safariized cars, so why wouldn't Clearly. it? Clearly. Just safari everything right. while we're at it. That's exactly what I want. Exactly. Yeah. Now, he only works four miles from home, so gas mileage isn't a real concern. His truck gets 12 on a good day, so anything over 15 feels like a Prius to him. Fair enough. Okay. Here's the challenge, though. Mm-hmm. $10,000 cash maximum. <laughs> There's no Paul limiter on this because there are no more bills. $10,000 worth of actual bills. <laughs> no more bills in the pile. <laughs> and that's where it counts. Out. He's counted it more than once, I get the sense. Search your this couch. This is how many bills change. are in the pile. Yes. This is difficult because I, I like your choices and all of those that you have been looking at work great. They, they will work. You could mm-hmm. make any of yeah. the Forerunners yeah. and the FJs and the Xterras and the Grand Cherry. All of those can work. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends on what you like, and they'll work. Great choices. I have this oddball, though, for you. Good. It's good. weird. Okay. It's weird. Maybe not that weird. It's just not too many people own them. Okay. All right. So much so that Mitsubishi stopped offering them. Oh. Back to our friend Chris, mm. who owns one. A pre-1997 Mitsubishi Montero second generation yeah. can still be had with yeah. a manual. Now, Brian, there's an even smaller cult group around these things. Mm-hmm. But if you do the ma- basic maintenance, apparently they just seem to run. Mm-hmm. Mitsubishi built these off-road vehicles fairly robustly. Mm-hmm. And I was initially thinking the Lexus GX and the cult around that and the you know, forerunners and, like you said, all the, the off-road stuff. But what about these? They're not easy to find. Mm-hmm. But if you do, True. I think it'll just work. Yeah. Well, Chris is just works. Chris, Chris has put some money into his. He has. But what he finds is every time he puts money into it, it ends up being his most reliable winter car. Which is crazy. Which and is I've, really funny. I've been it's, driven it's, to it's the his, airport. It's his thing. least nice winter car, but yeah, it absolutely. just runs. It's, yeah. it's like the floor mat of cars. <laughs> You, you can need, just wipe your feet off. You on need this one. Thing. It works. Yes. Oh, look, it got dirty. We don't care. Now, it's not as easy to find parts or upgrades, but I did look on the forums, okay. and there is decent support for these for Monteros and Pajeros and mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. whole line of cars. Pajero, there's a word I haven't heard in a while. Go on. <laughs> They're also far less than 10 grand. Mm-hmm. They are. You're right. They're Money not the over. Lexus yeah. and the Land Cruisers and that, mm-hmm. you know, that cult around those. Mm-hmm. As good as those are, they're way out of your budget. Mm-hmm. And as much as I'd like you to have some cool lifted off-roader kind of, you know, safari eyes, Lexus LX470 with a shovel strapped somewhere to the vehicle, <laughs> they're expensive. This could be much less than 10 grand. Beat down ones cost a thousand bucks. So what if you got a $5,000 one, a 6,000? found somebody on a forum. Mm-hmm. That's usually where to shop savvy because people have usually taken care of them. They're getting out of it for whatever reason, but it's been maintained and it'll run. How about five, six grand? And then you'll have money left over mm-hmm. to spend on some maintenance because again, these do made, need maintenance. Yeah. yeah but apparently yeah. based on the reading I've done, they just run when you do that. They're, they're robustly built more so than others. Chris's is, it's the automotive equivalent of a gear. It just just works. Yeah. It runs. You're right. You're right. There's just mm-hmm. metal gnashing of 
<laughs> when you drive this, just everything yes. is gnashing at you it's when you very, ride in this thing. Th- there's a lot of metal involved in it's that just, car, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's mm-hmm. just gnashing as you drive. <laughs> That's the entire personality of this thing. But get one. You could have a very unique vehicle. And again, since you're only four miles, I'm not telling you to drive 50 miles one way on a daily basis in this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're four miles from work. Yeah, totally. Your wife's got an Explorer. And you've got the beast if you need to haul it out of a ditch. Totally, yes. Absolutely, yes. Mitsubishi. Okay. I like it. I have a few I wanted to speak to real quick, Brian. I do like that. I like the $10,000 worth of cash sitting on the table. That makes me laugh. <laughs> not a single speak bill. Speak to the extra. FJ real quick. The FJ is one of those trucks that, honestly, I didn't realize how capable it was until we went to Moab. They were scampering around and they Moab. were everywhere in Moab. Yeah. I was quite surprised. Guys that had them crazy lifted and guys that didn't have them lifted very much. Yeah. We're still doing the same terrain. Yeah. The problem I have with the FJ is the fact that it has abysmal visibility. Some of the worst I've encountered. Honestly. It's like up there. Like Design is cool. The Camaro and the, and the, and the FJ Cruiser are the yeah. same kind of, did anybody try to look behind them? And in an off-road vehicle, I almost feel like in an off-road vehicle, that's even more important than it is in a sports car. Yeah. I feel like in the Camaro, you can eventually just be like, I'm okay with it. But your FJ Cruiser, you need to be able to see. And it's got these little weird portal windows in the back three-quarter. It's, the visibility is awful. They're capable. You can get them. They will run. But keep that in mind because I don't know if that's an issue for you. I'm not sure you're going to have much trouble with the back seats, even though you're right. There's, it's a huge shape. has a bit of the Hummer problem. Huge shape. Not a ton of space in spite of the shape. So I, I, the FJ is on, on the bubble for me. Okay. The Xterra is a solid choice. I have two others you haven't mentioned. Okay. You talked about uh, Grand Cherokees, but have you thought about the second gen just Cherokee, the XJ? Oh, yeah. Those from the those are just around. They are cool. And every time I see one, I feel like somebody has kept it running. It's kind of like your Mitsubishi idea. Somebody's kept it running. The parts are there. They've lifted it a little bit, and it just runs and thrashes the earth. You know what? Those did have the four-liter straight six. Yes, they did. And those engines were among the bulletproof engines. They were great. They're still lauded. Mm-hmm. It's an old design. I think it stems from AMC, like 1974. <laughs> World War II, we made this engine, and kind we kept of. making it. And yes, I it, mean, that's yeah, it, it is funny, the kind of thing. Yeah. I wish I could do the World base. War II announcer voice that was on everything today. <laughs> In the news, moving on. Yeah. Different than the Wrangler Jeans yeah. voice. It, it, it it's is totally more different. relaxed. It's fair. It's, yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. But that four-liter straight six, mm-hmm. kind of bulletproof. Yep. People love those engines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good. Second-gen XJ. And, and there's parts, and they're cheap. So I think you could work on it, making it anything you want. I will say this, and here's where I go into rakes and landmines. You can find, you could shop the Lexus alternative, but let's just go to the one everybody's talking about. You can find Land Cruisers for your money. For you ten grand, late nineties. These are the one hundred series. Late nineties, early fifties. Late nineties, early two thousands. Okay, I found quite a few. The common thread on all of them is two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand miles. That gets okay. into the budget. Okay. Now the Land Cruiser Acolytes right now are, are 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 well. They're telling me that. The common YouTube rumor, uh, no, that's not fair. The common internet rumor is that these cars were built to last 25 years. Tell me where Toyota has said that. <clears throat> we'll just leave that there. They, they we have run, a game. It's like Slugbug. As they, we drive around, or we see one, we go, there's one. Well, but this is the thing. They're supposed to be the most reliable, longest running thing ever. If that were the case, this is my only comment. If that were the case, I would see more of them. Because we live in a place where we're close to Moab and there's lots of good outdoor stuff. They are a rare sighting to see old ones. 
Indeed. But they are out there. And most of the ones that are out there for 200,000 miles, it's not like 200,000 miles and they look beat down. People that have them care for them and love them. Sure, sure. So you could get a Land Cruiser. You're not scared of maintenance. I would, I would suggest a Land Cruiser to you over the Xterra or the FJ, honestly. Just go get yourself a Land Cruiser. It's got a quarter million miles on it. Who cares? Put parts on it. Keep it running. Unfortunately, those 100 series, I saw this when my father-in-law had one, and I've seen it on every single one I've ever seen. They can be rust-prone. Be careful. But it's a Land Cruiser, which means it's clearly got another 30, 40 years in it. You guys are awesome with questions. Thank you even here on a holiday week in the U.S. We've got lots of great questions. Thank you for that. Justin, you did ask about the Daily Triple shirt. It is coming back to Blipshift, so keep looking for it. It is going to be there soon. Let's be honest. On top of you wanting one, I want one. So that that, that merch is coming. We are updating our merch there as well. Nick F. is asking on Facebook if we've reached a ceiling for production car straight-line performance. You would think. If not, where is the ceiling? The 2021 Porsche 911 Turbo S was tested from 0 to 60 in 2.2 seconds and a 10.1 quarter mile time. Is it possible to see in 10 years a handful of nine-second cars from the factory? Yes. You're Probably, talking yeah. High nines 20 years ago was hot sport bike territory yeah. for a quarter. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm talking Hayabusa. But electric cars Insane. are going to bring that. Let's be honest. Yes, the novelty has not yet worn off. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. enough people have felt the shove produced by an electric motor, the yeah. torque. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not just the shove, it's the unrelenting nature of it. Everybody's used to the let up and a gear change and then more shove. Mm-hmm. And then the let up, mm-hmm. the gear change, and more shove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no let up with an electric torque. True, so true, true. You, you feel like, whoa, my gosh. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. It's a sensation mm-hmm. that you, if you haven't felt it, it's kind of fun, engaging. You can sell electric cars based entirely on this premise. You can, based entirely on that, yes. But, the yeah, that Turbo S for an internal combustion engine car, that is astounding. Mm-hmm. That is very quick. By the way, Nick, that car has 10 piston front calipers. 10! Ten. <laughs> 10. 10 pistons. That's crazy. In the calipers. In can the front. you imagine what it costs to replace brakes on that? No. None of us want to think about that. I yeah. really want one. <laughs> of course you do. Bradley J. 1983 says, if we driven on any ultra high performance all season tires, what do we think about this category? Some of these questions are coming up because you and I are about to swap to full winters on our cheap sports cars. And I do have to say that both of us have tires that I'm pretty sure qualify as ultra high performance all seasons right now. I have the AS3 Plus and you have the brand new Pilot Sport 4 all seasons. Right. Those are both high performance all seasons. Exactly. They're both classified as high performance all seasons. And so we did, we have a road trip piece coming up on YouTube in about a week or so that is a huge road trip that we took on those cars. We also shot a TV piece while we were out there driving those little sports cars really hard on all season tires in summer conditions. Mm-hmm. And they're surprisingly good. They're not amazing, but they're surprisingly good. They're mu- here. I'll go this way. That all season right now is better than a performance tire of 10 years ago. Oh, sure. By a margin. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Reliable and all those kind of things. Now I will say the flip side, you would say, great, I'll put those on and it'll be fine when I get snow. No, it will not. <laughs> I, I, I had a lot. And then they were spinning. I had a lot of wheel spin getting out of my driveway, which is long but flat, okay? Getting out of my driveway with a just a sprinkling of snow on it. And I was in the Z4, which also has an open diff. And I was surprised how much random wheel spin I was getting just getting off the drive mm. in those all seasons. <laughs> flat. 
Yes, Drive. flat driveway with right. a sprinkling of snow. It wasn't a lot. It probably had, I don't know, maybe a quarter inch of snow, just enough to leave tire tread. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. I was slipping around already on those. So if you're not in a place that gets snow, you're going to be fine. But if you're going to be dealing with snow, I still don't think all seasons are enough. Becca Walker is asking about this very thing as well. When we do this all-season comparison to winter tires comparison, can we do it in the dry and maybe even talk about the temperature? Because dry comparisons usually focus on summer versus winter, not all-season versus winter. Sure. But the reason we're doing all-season versus the winter tires is because that's the thing that most people buy. Mm-hmm. If you have summers already you usually have winter tires if you choose to drive your car in the winter. Yeah. Otherwise, your car just lives on summers. All season or creeps lives on into all the seasons, picture. Yeah. It, it does because people think rain and mm-hmm. just a little bit colder temperatures. And you think, well, maybe I'll go towards the all season, get that performance higher yeah. instead of just pure summers. Pure summers mean I'm tracking it. I'm doing a lot of hard driving with it. Sometimes they're good in the wet, sometimes not. But yeah. that all season gives you that comfort and Truly, the performance it's, to go all season. It's what the name suggests. It is It is the one size fits all. But there's all, a little yeah. bit of a difference because people who live in that on-the-cusp kind of climate mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. well, should I get winter tires for that three or four weeks of kind of cold? Maybe it'll snow. Maybe it'll just be freezing rain, and then we're, we're good again. Mm-hmm. Do I buy winter tires for that reason, or do I it's stick tough. with it all seasons? It's a tough call. I mean, if it's cold enough, I think you need to be on the winters, but keep going. Yeah, well, that's the whole reason that we're focused on that mm-hmm. is because you want the maximum performance, but could you limp through? All season? Yeah. Do winter tires really do it? We know in many cases they do, but how big of the delta is it? Typically, the all seasons, when it is dry and cold, the all seasons can sometimes, and I'm not talking, it's 10 degrees out. I'm talking like it's around freezing and it's dry. Mm -hmm. And the all seasons will outbreak winter tires. They're still great. But not on snow. Right. And we deal with snow, which is one of the reasons Chance comes up here, obviously, a lot, and we do a lot of stuff with him. And so he's uh, on the – I've mentioned this before. It's just fun to say. Nokian Hakapolitas, but he has complained about their dry weather performance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yet, any time it snows on his uh, 4S911, he is the happiest man alive. Yeah, for sure. Joshua A. is asking, what new car design I am thankful for? I'm thankful for three. Oh, good. They're all sedans. Oh. The Acura TLX. Yes. The new Genesis G70. Looks great. And the Kia K5. Interesting. All of these are sedans, and they're all very different, Mm -hmm. and they're great efforts at keeping the sedan alive. They look great, don't they? Man, they're really good. Drew Velling is asking about shopping for new wheels while we're on wheels, because, again, we're doing these tires. We actually did wheels and tires so we can do a swap and actually hopefully have some coverage on camera. He said, how on earth do we shop for new wheels? He has a really hard time envisioning what set will look good on his car. This is hard, Drew, I have to admit. What you have to do is a few things. And honestly, I'm going to say Tire Rack is great for this because you can go to Tire Rack. Tire Rack should sponsor us. You should go to Tire Rack and you can actually pull up your car in your color and you can swap out the wheels and it gives you an approximation. Also, you can look at photos. Now, this photos you can just find with a Google search. You can start Googling cars that have that wheel design you're, you're curious about and start seeing what that wheel in an actual photograph looks like on various cars. Tire Rack sometimes has those photos, but I find you can just start Googling images for the wheel that you're kind of zeroing in on, and now you can find all kinds of cars on that wheel and go, do I just like that wheel on various cars? If you do, you probably will. I had uh, Inky PFO1s mm. on my FRS. It looks Still great. one of my all-time favorite wheels. I would put that on any sports car ever. Yeah, I love right. those wheels. They look really, really good, and I've seen them on uh, like Golf GTIs and stuff, and they still look great. They so do. That's the thing. If you find a wheel, just start Googling photos, and I bet you can clarify that way. Got a question here from Oshata on Instagram. What are our thoughts on all of the Porsche concept cars that were released 
recently. Mm-hmm. Well, I bought the book from Elferspot because, of, of course, course, I bought the book. you did. Yeah. Of course you did. I mean, everybody put your hands down. I was going to say, raise your hand if you're surprised. Everybody's got their hands down, right? You yeah, can't see them, but yeah, I guarantee yeah. you, everybody's just sitting there on their hands. They're, they're having some production, well, I, I'll say shipping issues, but it still is for, available for sale. My dad sent me a little bit of birthday money, and I bought the book because I did. <laughs> because of course you did. And I no like all of them, but especially that 908 concept because it's mm-hmm. closest to a Cayman. Yeah. Of that thing. But yeah. I, of course, all of them. Yes. T- all of them. Even that little red van, even though the van upon it was based, was a Volkswagen bus, even whatever. I still I like just, that because it's a design exercise. Yeah. I I don't connect to this at all because like, here's a bunch of stuff we didn't make. Can we sell you pictures? Really? <laughs> really? Yes, you can. Yes, you can, DePaul. Yes, please. And I'll be because over here shaking my head. it to all the cool stuff that's forthcoming. No, it doesn't. Porsche. It speaks to stuff in the past we didn't I, do. No, it just it says, here's all the stuff that we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. If this is the stuff we didn't make, what is the cool stuff coming that they are? A slight revision of a 911. <sighs> I'm telling you. Always just all the stuff we did joy do. out of everything. That's what I'm here for. It's awesome. Adam Drive says, track daily crush while we're talking Porsche. You'll like this. Track Daily Crush, 718 Boxster Spider. Delish. The 991-911 GTS with a PDK. That is the model of the 911 we're just coming out of. Or the GT3 Touring with the 18-way comfort seats. Track Daily Crush. How about keep them and park them in my garage? Yeah, I know you would. Um, I think the GT3 Touring just wins for daily car. I think based on what it is, I think it just wins for daily car, okay. which means what are we tracking? You know what? Boxster Spider with a manual. You didn't say that one doesn't have a manual. I think Boxster Spider. Let's track okay. that. Why not? I mean, I almost I could almost swap those as well. I could almost daily the Boxster Spider and then go GT Touring uh, for the track car. But <laughs> Tour the tracks of the world. But I think the GT, GT3 Touring is that's designed to be all that 911 could be for that gen for performance made as a GT car. And that's the car you want to drive daily, isn't it? Yes. I, I can't answer this question. Because you don't want to get rid of the 991 no. either. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I can't answer it. There is a question from Zephyr J who says his wife was listening to, to a How to Be Environmentally Friendly podcast mm. in which electric cars were discussed as actually better environmentally. Okay. At one point, they mentioned how many options there are now and said there's even an electric Mustang. Is this an example of Ford's marketing working on the general non-enthusiast population. I suppose so. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I'm back and forth because the entire reason the Mach-E Mustang was created was probably from the marketing people, the product planners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of a different team than the marketing folks. The marketing folks do have, say, an influence into what they want to see sold because mm-hmm, of the feedback mm-hmm. they're getting. But ultimately... They're handed the car that needs to be sold, that is developed by the product planners who are looking at more of that hardcore data, Trying to see into the focus future. groups, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, working directly with leadership as to what are we doing globally, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from a manufacturing and environmental standpoint, what are we doing here? So those two groups definitely work hand in hand. Sometimes there's crossover, sometimes they're one and the same. However, mm, I suppose it could be marketing, but to just say there's an electric Mustang makes everybody think oh, that two-door coupe or convertible is now offered in an electric. Yes, you're so right. That is wrong, the disconnect. <laughs> they're not descriptive you're right. enough. You're right. That's a fair point. But does the non-enthusiast car population care? And the whole reason that mach Mustang exists is to bring people to the Ford brand. To Ford, yeah. yeah and yeah. because Mustangs are so famous, 
calling it a Mustang will instantly make it better. Absolutely. There's instant cred so, among people that are just vaguely yes. car aware. You're right. Absolutely. Yes yeah, is yeah. the answer. Yes. Yeah. Well, as the we talked about works. before, the, the other thing going on here is because electric cars in general are the new shiny thing. True. Okay. True. And, and let me put it another way. Environmental impact of internal combustion engines is a known thing. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. environmental impact of an electric car is a blurry kind of unknown thing. I'm not saying nobody knows. I'm just saying the general person you talk to them, they don't know much about it. Fair. Fair. Okay. Whereas internal combustion engines, we get the oil. This is what happens. We kind of follow. Sure. Okay. Sure. So as a result, it's a new shiny object that not as much is known about. And so the electric cars right now are less, significantly less than, if I'm being generous, 5% of new cars being bought. You're being generous there. And it is yeah. 75, 80% of what non-car news and journalism covers. They only cover electric cars. Yeah. So yeah. That, that is, that, the interesting thing to me is that because it is the new thing, it is the quote-unquote future-looking thing of cars the general populace of the media only covers electric cars because we're, we're all going to be electric. And I'm going, do you see the numbers? Mm-hmm. But that's just how it happens right now. Petrolhead 2003 asked a, a question that could actually be a topic Tuesday. It could last forever, as a matter of fact. The question is, why are cars such a terrible investment? <laughs> Don't choke on your water. <laughs> Because when you buy something, except for your house, it always goes down in value. Pick, pick a, pick a Thank thing. Thank you. I'm going to relate it to real estate. And specifically, the question is, what makes a car either appreciate or depreciate in value? Mm-hmm. What Bring makes a trailer. your house? <laughs> Bring a trailer. <laughs> what makes it appreciate? Bring a trailer. Pretty much. Yeah. Go on. Why is your house appreciating in value? Generally speaking, why is it appreciating? Why? There's only so much land. That and people always want and need a place to live. Yes. And it's something that can always be improved and will, it will always generally be around. Mm-hmm. Many cars aren't v- looked at that way. Mm-hmm. They're not looked at it. This, uh, this car is always going to be around. Mm-hmm. And the appreciation comes from the longevity of a brand like Porsche, like mm-hmm. Ferrari, like Lamborghini, all those kinds of things. But then the kinds of cars that they didn't build them. They don't build them that way anymore. Yeah. There's, there's not very many of them. That's the where car starts to appreciate. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that, okay, it, Corollas, are they ever going to appreciate in value? <laughs> there's so many of them. <laughs> please, please don't send us they're, the bring a trailer listing when some random yeah, Corolla exactly. from, I don't know, 1977 right. sells for a ridiculous amount because it has two miles. But they're not rare. True. That That is the key thing. That's the key thing. But a house... It doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter kind of the style either. Yeah, yeah. You can always do things to it. It matters where it's located. Mm-hmm. That is mm. the best thing that makes it appreciate. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Colors. Yeah. yeah paint. Everything. All that siding, can be changed. Yeah, yeah. Roof. It, it can even be remodeled to look differently. Mm-hmm. But that location, the view that it looks at, whatever that is. It's a piece of the earth. Yeah. It is. So generally speaking, that's why it appreciates. But cars that are made so many of nobody cares but then cars that don't drive well and aren't compelling to drive and aren't appreciated by enthusiasts Mm -hmm. nobody cares let those cars go fair fair that's why we see old american iron pushed off cliffs in colorado (laughs) turned into banks not kidding yeah yeah (laughs) this is a coral reef one day it's a car the next day it's a coral reef we made enough of these we could just start throwing them out making other things out of them yep but mm, right off the bat it's something – it gets used the way your house doesn't get used. 
it's it's always thought about. You hit on a key thing. It's always thought about as a disposable object, even if it's not spoken that way. Right, right. You don't look at a house as a disposable object ever. Right. Even if even if you're a person that buys houses and tears them down and rebuilds something else, you don't typically look at houses I mean, as a disposable a object. Rule. Okay. Yes. Whereas a car, you still think about that has a life cycle. We don't right. think that way about houses. Houses don't have a life cycle yeah. because they can always have stuff done to them. You can always have a new kitchen built and put in. You can always have something done to it. Change the lighting. Change the paint. Mm-hmm. It freshens it up and it's brand new again. And therefore, it's now worth more to somebody there are cars that are the exception to this. But they're almost always and rare, to your point. They're almost always rare, but they're the kinds of cars that now can be crashed and crumpled. And it won't matter as long as you have the VIN. <laughs> and it can be rebuilt. VIN. That's worth just as much. Did you know that the VIN on my Lotus Elise, and this is not unique to my Lotus Elise, the VIN on my Lotus Elise, you know how most cars... This is just fun little Lotus lessons. They have an actual like metal plaque. <laughs> yes. Mine is a laminated piece of paper, clearly printed on a laser printer and laminated and stuck into the corner of the glass. What? And that's how I just go, you know, we're Lotus. We just did it like we're this. We're a small company. We, just, we did it like this. That the VIN matches. It's done on fine. The office printer. I, I, it just makes me laugh because I'm like, I could actually go into my office right now and probably make a fake VIN for my car. <laughs> no extra pieces needed. Just there you go. Oh, that's fantastic. Baloo240 has an interesting question that I kind of want you to tackle, but I think it hits on an interesting thing. He's looking at the photos that we posted of new wheels and tires, and he's seeing the contrast between what you got for the Mercedes and the really huge wheels with thin sidewalls on oh, your Cayman. Sure. And he's saying, isn't that worse? Which is a absolutely correct assumption. You get less sidewall. It should ride worse. The wheels are extra heavy. What is going on? I agree with you that it looks that way, Baloo240. And I keep being surprised because yeah. your Cayman rides really well. But I'll give you the best example out there, period, bar none, is the 19s on the Civic Type R. Yeah. The first time we saw that oh, car, we were like, 20s? maybe they are. We, we First time we saw those wheels, we were like, those are too big. Yeah. And the tires are too thin. And there is no way this is going to be okay to drive. And then it proceeded to be better to drive from a comfort perspective alone than any of its competition. Yeah. Many of which had better sidewalls. And then it was still had good performance. Yeah. I, I, I continue to be floored by this because it doesn't make logical sense, and yet people keep defying it. This is a balance between performance and dollars. Mm. When you go to the racetrack, like on my car, many people have told me you should get 18s, a dedicated set of 18s for that car. And they're right. Because the way that car eats through tires on track... Yeah, the 18s are going to be cheaper, and they perform very, very well. The larger wheels and tires are primarily a look. Yeah, They're primarily right. Right. styling yeah. and to, to look at proportion and make it look good. And does it ever. It's why people buy cars. It's why 20s have now become kind of an industry standard. 20, 30 years ago, 17s were like, wow. You 18s got the, were you got unheard of. 17s, whoa. And then yeah. a magazine called Dubs was invented. <laughs> People lost their minds. You remember Rimblums? I do. Rimblums. It was just the number and the inch designation. You saw them on the back of a car. You yes. could drive up behind, You could sit behind somebody at light and know they were rolling 24s. How? Because they've got Rimblums. That was two decades ago. Mm, it's terrifying, isn't it? But for the most part, that balance between sidewall height and the ratio, of course, is really kind of depends on your budget. The Cayman does very well on track. Mm-hmm. It chews through those tires. 
and it gives yeah. me excellent performance, yeah. but it, it eats up the tires. Yeah, going down to 18s would probably be just as fast, just, cornered just as well, and be cheaper. You're right. I'm wrong. The uh, stock wheels on the Type R right now are 20s. They're which 20s, means it's, right? It's rem- can we get Remblems for the Type R? Remblems on can the Can we Civic. get 20s on both corners, right Right on either side of the crazy exhaust? underneath? There's so much madness going on on the tail anyway. Who cares? Remblems. Yeah, let's That's what the Type R needed. Right. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. We really appreciate you following and really appreciate you being with us. Lots to come. Looking forward to it. Cheers, everybody.